is the moment you've all been waiting for. DC and RC. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC. Louisiana. It's DC and RC. Hailing from Aurora, Louisiana. It's fight night. Catch a right hook in your right eye. Change how you look. Daniel, come again. And Ryan Clark, the champs are here. With battle scars, it's warfare. Louisiana's in the air. From the railroad to Lafayette to Los Angeles to Times Square. I could go one show without you going, I'm Super Bowl champ. When the mic's on, it's showtime. DC and RC, we win in Super Bowls and Emmys. And Daniel got two belts around the belly. Oh, USC history! Hey, I'm DC, two division champ. I ran the UFC. Cause we asking all, all the tough questions. This guy's the worst, I see. I don't know how you can do a show with DC, you broke my heart. This is MMA, mixed martial arts stars. And we bout that grind and pound, so be on guard. And we going round for round, cause we want it all. But there can only be one in the octagon. DC and RC, DC and RC, DC and RC, ESPN, tune in to see. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Ryan Clark. RC, today on the show, we go deep diving the UFC 294. Is Hamzad next? Islam Mahachev looks dominant. And as always, we tap in or we tap out. But RC, at the start of the show, they spelled Lafayette right. Finally, dog. They finally put some respect <laughs> on my name, dog. They put some respect <laughs> on my name. DC, do you want to know what I find the funniest about our new opening? Is they say you have two belts around the belly. Do you know how big your belly has to be to wear two belts simultaneously? <laughs> like, do you, ever, do you know that, man? Did you ever think, like, hey, you know how much room and circumference hey, you have to have in order for a rapper to write that you have two belts yeah, yeah. around no. the belly? Listen, listen. <laughs> He talking about the UFC championships, dummy. He talking about the UFC championships. And at least, at least I'm not sitting on here just breathing heavy like Perk. You remember that time Perk was on that just sleep apnea? On live television, Perk just sleep apnea, <laughs> breathing. I was like, at least I ain't up here breathing like Perk, bro. Hey, why are you snoring while you're awake, Perk? Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? DC, no. Uh-uh. Don't try to don't try to escape it. Don't try to escape it. You're gonna come on all professional. We're gonna talk about the UFC fight this weekend, and we're gonna is Hamzat next. No. Yeah, I want yeah, you yeah. to tell the yeah, entire yeah. world. The idea you gave the DC and RC group chat. You're not worried about who Hamzat Chemaev fights Wait. next. You have an idea for Islam Mahachev's next opponent. And I want you to tell the world, here first, before Dana, before any right of now? the matchmakers you do it, right now? you tell the world, start the show with it. Tell me, who do you think should be next right. up for Islam Mahachev? All right, man, well... If I'm being completely honest, I got some friends that's probably going to be a little disappointed, but I know who Islam should fight next. And it's no disrespect to Gaethje or uh, mm -hmm. Chandler or anybody. Mm -hmm. I, think, mm -hmm. I think Islam should fight Connor. I think Islam should fight Connor. I think Why? Islam should fight Connor McGregor next. Because, listen to this now, and you, ha you have to listen, right? You have to 
Listen, RC. It's built in. It's built in. It's the biggest money fight the UFC can make. And why not? You have Islam Mahachev, who looks to be a guy that's going to be a dominant champion. In order to have that dominant champion go to the next level of superstardom, you need a foil. You need a guy that can elevate him. The guy that can elevate him to that level is Conor McGregor. Because look at what Conor McGregor did, or beating Conor McGregor did for Dustin Poirier. Look at what it did for Habib Nurmagomedov. And we're not even talking about all the other levels at which this just makes sense. You have Islam fighting Conor after the issues Conor has had with Habib and everything else. You have Islam fighting Conor, the biggest star in mixed martial arts, coming back to the UFC. Ryan, it makes sense. And for the people that go, zero well, sense. lost his it last fight, it doesn't matter. It makes all the sense this, in the world. Conor Islam McGregor Mahachev lost his last versus two Conor fights. McGregor. Next. DC, DC, I think, RC? bro, you're a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of Famer. I was there for your Hall of Fame speech, bro, and it was moving. And you are smart, and you are accomplished, and you are successful, and your accolades speak for themselves. But this is the dumbest idea you have no. ever had. DC, no. DC, no, no. this is Hold why. On. Because you're 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 not making this fight based off of the merits of the fighter. You're making this fight based off of the name. You're making this fight based off of the money. You and and before you talk, you are making this fight because you want to elevate your friend. Because you know as good as he is that nobody truly cares about the person Islam is without a Conor McGregor. That Islam is not reaching and touching and building this monstrous brand that you want your friend to have. Even though he's actually kind of witty. Even mm. though he's actually kind of funny. And he talks cash money stuff. You know he needs Conor. But you also know that Conor McGregor doesn't deserve this fight. That Islam Mahachev beating Conor McGregor doesn't mean anything for the UFC. Doesn't do anything for the UFC. It's not a fight that people will anticipate yes, it does. in hopes that Conor McGregor beats him. Because everybody knows that he's not. Well, that he's not the same Conor McGregor. And I wait. love him. He's my favorite fighter. RC, but wait. RC, but wait, RC, RC. And this is why it's a no-lose situation. Because what if Conor wins? What if Conor wins? Then he, and it, what if Conor then beats mess, the unbeatable Islam Mahachev? It doesn't mess anything up because now you got your Daniel, biggest star back in the pole Daniel, position as the champion. But if Islam wins, now you have another Habib Nurmagomedov in terms of star power, Ryan. Come on. How can you not see this? How can you not see this? Daniel Aloysius Cormier, if you continue <laughs> with this foolishness bro one okay Ryan. i have a question for you i have a question Ryan. for you mma genius yes do you on. believe connor is going to beat islam mahachev no 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 i don't do you believe no, that anybody else in the world but, but other than conor mcgregor and his family will believe that conor mcgregor is going to beat islam mahachev yes 
Yes. Yes. One of the biggest fan bases in the entire world will believe that Conor McGregor will beat Islam. You want to tell me why? You want me to tell you why? Because those same people believed they somehow, those people, the people that love Conor McGregor, somehow managed to make themselves think that he was going to beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. Think about that, RC. Just think about the idea of how many people thought that Conor had a legit shot at beating Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. So yes, you can actually sell to people that Conor could fight Islam Mahachev. And again, it's a no-lose situation. DC, because if DC, Islam is wins, because you got to beat Conor. DC, when, when you're talking about that Conor McGregor, that Conor McGregor was a combat sports god. Right, that kind of that Conor McGregor was Leonidas. That Conor McGregor was was Troy. Oh. That Conor McGregor, I mean, well, I mean, was was Achilles. That Conor McGregor was was Maximus. That Conor McGregor was bigger than life when it came to combat sports. And that Conor McGregor was fighting a Floyd Mayweather that was basically retired, that was done, that was only taking mm. this fight because he believed it was a fight he couldn't lose. And he knew it wouldn't necessarily put a blemish on his otherwise unblemished record. That's why people believed it. People believed that he had so much in that left hand that it might happen. This Conor McGregor isn't that guy. This Conor McGregor beat Cowboy Cerrone, right? This Conor McGregor, like that's his latest claim to fame. This Conor McGregor was knocked out in the second round against Dustin Poirier. His leg almost fell off in the first round, in the third flight fight with Dustin Poirier. He's been chilling. He was 740 pounds with 0% body fat last week. That, and he's fighting the best fighter Please, in the world, Please. pound for pound, in his prime, Please, DC. It's a different scenario. Please, RC. You're Please. only Please. Go, go. Please. Please, RC, let me in. Please, RC, let me in. RC, you just made the point for me. You literally gave me all the reasons why people thought he could fight. So, RC, it could be like, oh, my God, Islam was just prepared for Alexander Volkanovsky a little bit ago. Islam could be overlooking Connor. Oh, my man, Connor's back at 155. He hasn't been there for a long time. I'm giving you all the reasons how... People would see this, Ryan. I'm telling you, I have put on my Conor McGregor glasses right now. And I am explaining to you how that section of fans would go, well, Islam's going to look past him. Yeah, well, Khabib lost a round to Conor. If Khabib couldn't take Conor down, maybe Conor could have fought him better. Islam doesn't wrestle as much as Habib. What if Islam stands with him? There are so many reasons that people can make up to make themselves believe that Conor McGregor could beat Islam Mahachev. I believe that by the time we got to fight week, the world would be ready to explode with anticipation to watch these two fight. I'm t Ryan, this I'm not so far off base. And, and you know what's crazy? It's hard for me to sit up here and listen to a guy that went on national television and goes and said the words, this outfit just says, this guy don't give a damn. It's hard for me to really get, it's really hard for me to sit back up here and get scolded by a dude that said on national television because of the guy's outfit, he don't care. So it's like, I'm telling you, Ryan, if you think I say some outlandish stuff, I've seen you go crazy before. So, dog, 
Tell me right now, Ryan. Tell me right now, Ryan Clark. You as a fan of the sport, you as a fan of Conor McGregor, I didn't make you at least think about it a little bit like, well, what if he lands the left hand? What if Conor back at 155 is the Conor of old? Then what happens? DC, and here's, I can also point what's to the fact happen. that, hey, Islam has lost the fight. DC, this, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to watch the fight. I'm going to pay for the fight if I have to pay for the fight because I love Conor McGregor that much. I think Conor McGregor is that fascinating of a human, of a fighter. In my MMA mind, in my sharing and co-hosting an MMA podcast with Daniel Cormier brain, I'm giving Conor McGregor zero to little chance to win this fight. And you're right. In my heart, I'm going to sit here because I love Conor McGregor and say, if there is still some magic left in Thor's left hand, may God rain down and bless it with the lightning that it needs to execute the job. Absolutely. And am I going to FaceTime you from the ESPN suite as you sit octagon side watching that fight? screaming and telling you I told you so, you're freaking right. But the chances of Z, that happening Z, Z. are as high <laughs> as, the as the chances of me and Yanka producing baby number four. And I have a vasectomy. <laughs> RC, listen to me, RC. Listen to me, RC. But there it is. There it is right there. You saying... Boy, if he does do it, I would be calling you screaming. There it is. And there it is right there. Islam Mahachev have just walked out the octagon with $10 million. Islam Mahachev has just fought the biggest fight of his entire career. Islam Mahachev has now got from 7 million DC, what's your followers cut? or whatever he has to $20 million. He What's is, your cut, DC? There is no cut for me. There is no cut for me. They, they say, there is no say, cut for me. I'm just telling 3%, you. 5%, I like big fights. <laughs> dude, this dude right here, this dude right here trying like I'm in on the deal. I'm not in on the deal. I'm just saying I think that's the fight to make because I believe it's a no-lose situation. But let us let me kind of get back to myself. Last weekend, I watched Islam fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. Ryan Clark, the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Hands down, yeah. the guy is walking this planet with no weaknesses how do you have yeah. zero weaknesses in mixed martial arts? He can wrestle. He can strike. He's in shape. And now he's making weight much easier than before. How can Islam Mahachev be any more impressive than when he did last week to Alexander Volkanovsky? He can't. He can't. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate on Islam, but I do grade him on a curve based on how much you love him. Based on the fact that I know he has a Khabib-like affection for you, but what we saw was absolutely phenomenal. It doesn't matter that Volk took this fight on short notice. It was a perfectly placed head kick that was set up with feints throughout the first round, and it was the efficiency in which he delivered it. It was the quickness in which it occurred. 
and it was the versatility that it showed to me. If you think back to the fight versus Charles Oliveira coming over the top with the right hand, submitting the leading submission order artist in the history of the UFC. And then there were questions raised by his fight with Alexander Volkanovsky because Volkanovsky was able to withstand Islam Mahachev on the ground for five rounds. But that fight and that finish left zero doubt in anyone's mind who is the king of the UFC pound for pound right now. It was impressive. Uh, DC, you've always said it. DC, you've always backed him, whether it's been watching him train or watching him fight in the octagon since becoming uh, one of the top fighters or one of the most impressive fighters in the UFC. And this by far, to me, was the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae that has been his career thus far. I have so much respect for Alexander Volkanovsky and to see him beaten in that manner, like I said, no matter the circumstances, was truly impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive. And RC, you know what's crazy to me? It The fight was on short notice, and I understand that it would be very difficult to get in shape for a fight of this magnitude in that time frame, but also the timing. That's something else that you develop over the course of a training camp. You develop timing. And for as good as Volk is, and he never stops training, I don't anticipate his timing was as ideal, and that may have lent itself to the high kick. But I know what I saw in there this weekend. I saw Islam Mahachev that was focused. I saw Islam Mahachev that was intent. And I saw Islam fight in a manner that showed you that he wanted to put separation between him and Alexander Volkanovsky. Because that's what Saturday night showed. That's what Saturday night showed. Saturday night showed the attitude of Islam. Oh, you guys think that me and this guy are equals. Let me show you that that's not true. You guys think that this guy can compete with me. Let me prove to okay, you DC, that DC, that's not DC. true. You guys think that DC. he won? No chance. That's what last weekend was. That was Islam fighting with that type of mindset. And that's why that happened. Because RC, before I let you in, I felt like Islam might have overlooked him in fight one. And I thought it ultimately cost him. But Alexander Volkanovsky loses nothing in this. He's still one of the greatest of all right. time. I feel like he just ran into a guy that 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 is just better than him, better than him uh, in, in mixed martial arts, and that's nothing to be ashamed about. I actually had a question, DC. I don't have a statement. How much does Alexander Volkanovsky not getting the opportunity to have a full training camp for this fight play into this result? Mm-hmm. I think, I think it plays into it because I don't believe that he was able to get his timing on. Timing is so important, RC, to be in front of a guy for eight weeks or multiple people trying to prepare for someone. So even when you're sparring, like RC, you and I could get into the gym today and you and I could spar for 10 rounds and we would literally just be touching each other and I would be hitting you light and you'd be hitting me light. But the moment you got a fight, we would go into an octagon and then we would really spar and we're punching each other as hard as we can and we're fighting like we're getting ready to fight. Therein lies the difference. He was training mm. before, but he was training. He wasn't preparing for a fight, which does hurt. But I don't know, RC, if him being prepared would have changed much with the way that Islam looked on Saturday night. Yeah. The dude looked I mean, he, he just looked really, really good, man. He, that from the inside, he set up 
that high kick perfect. Yes. And Coach Javier yes. told me that it was his coach, Muhammad, that had prepared him and worked on that same combination over and over again, and it got home for, for the champion. Yeah, you know what was the most fascinating thing about that head kick landing was Volk actually had the hand where you would coach him to have it. You know, the, the kick was just slightly mm -hmm. above the hand, and I think part of that is also the height difference as well. You got to have two, right? So that's where okay. you got to have okay. two, right? So when, so when, you're, when you're kicking at me, RC, like, and this is what mm -hmm. happened. I've been head kicked before. Whereas when Jones and I fought before, he would kick me, and I would kind of use my, this is called my guide hand, right? Okay. This hand guides the foot away from you so that you don't let the foot wrap around and hit you or it breaks uh, your arm. You can't take that okay. impact on one hand. So even though, guys, you may see him with one hand up blocking a kick, that's not enough to stop that kick from wrapping around the head. So this okay. needs to come across as your guide hand to kind of guide that foot back down away from your head. And that's what Volk missed. Oh. That's why he knocked him out. Even though he had it up there, he got to have okay. he needed that guide hand up there to kind of block it down. Same thing happened with me a few times. Jones happened kicked Dustin. me, but because I had Dustin, my guide and hand Justin up, had the same it thing. would wrap. It didn't have impact. Yeah, Dustin and exactly. Justin was similar. Dustin had a yeah, hand up, he, but he didn't have the guide hand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so we've seen that before. I actually didn't even think about that. My boy's that, paying DC, attention. Because it, yeah, because it almost seemed that Volk not necessarily was ready for the high kick, but the constant fighting, the, the rounds of preparation and the repetition, you know, Volk did seem to try to protect himself, but then now you explaining having the guide hand and having two would definitely help. But you mentioned the way that Islam approached this fight, right? The, the, the preparedness, the, the coming out to prove a point that there was some separation between he and Alexander Volkanovsky. You look at Habib's last few fights, especially when you include Connor, you include Dustin Poirier, you think of Justin Gaethje, some of the biggest killers in the game. Where does Islam Mahachev now stack up to Habib Nurmagomedov, in your opinion? I think he's. I think Islam needs work still in terms of kind of comparing himself to the great Habib, because Ryan, there's something to having a zero. Right. There is just something to having that zero to have a career that spans as long as Habib's did and to never lose. Yeah. No hiccups, no mess ups. Dude, we yeah. all know how great John Jones is. And he got himself disqualified to lose a fight and get rid of that zero. You just don't right. see that zero. Islam is great, but he also got knocked out. He made a mistake. Mistakes happen in yeah. mixed martial arts. So to be able to have a career like Habib had and never make a mistake to lose it's unreal to be that dominant. Now, if Islam continues to win fights and continues to beat guys in more, more title defenses, now you, you start to put him maybe above Habib and what Habib did. But it's all about what they have shared together that allows Islam to be so great. Because my question to you is this, RC, because obviously I can't pick fights. When you look at the lineup of contenders at 155 and you look at Habib and what he was when he retired, A, do you think if Habib stayed, he would still be the champion? Because he seemed to be feasting 
on the guys in the yeah. weight class? And B, do you think any of those guys fare any better against Mahachev? I'm meaning Poirier, Gaethje. We already saw Oliveira. I'm talking Chandler, Dariush. The only new guy that Habib didn't fight was obviously uh, Michael Chandler, Gamrot, and Dariush. But those three guys up top, obviously Oliveira didn't fight Habib, but was in the same time. But do you see any difference in the way that these fights would play out? Talking Justin Gaethje, who would seem to be the next guy as the BMF champion after Charles Oliveira. You know, when you look at the Justin Gaethje fight, that's the most interesting to me because Habib walked through Justin Gaethje attacks in the first round, which is something we don't normally see people do, right? Justin Gaethje landed, and Habib just wasn't phased by it. And I believe that's why you see him get overwhelmed and eventually submitted. I think Habib Nurmagomedov is still the champion if he's fighting today, and maybe Islam Mahachev is the number one contender. But when you look at that murderous row of what it seems to be lightweight, the one thing missing is this. The Conor Habib Nurmagomedov fought was the real Conor, was a Conor who I put above the Dustin Poirier's and the Justin Gaethje's and the Michael Chandler's and the Benil Dariush's and the Charles Oliveira's. He was that explosive, that phenomenal, that fantastic at that time, that dynamic. And so I think Habib Nurmagomedov, to me, still stands as the GOAT of that division and probably, along with John Jones, the GOAT of all time, but this brings us to something else. Habib Nurmagomedov, he walked away from this sport before people thought he should have. Mm -hmm. And he walked away for his own reasons. But so many yep. times for athletes, it's so difficult to deal without having the one thing you love. And normally it's when you retire or when you're forced to retire, when the game or sport no longer loves you. But Alexander Volkanovsky has been faced with this during his championship career. And he had some things to say about it at his presser. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to sit there and obviously make excuses, you know what I mean? So, you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big believer in uh, preparation and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I back myself. So that's the decision I made, you know what I mean? Um, you know, there's, a, you know, I probably made uh, decisions, you know, I could have made better decisions in, uh, but, you know, Again, like he's not somebody you should be taking a, a short notice with, but uh, I needed it. Again, uh, obviously, a lot of people will say it's for the money and all that, um, but it, you know, it was it was much more than that. Like you know, what I mean, it, it is hard. Like it really is hard for uh, athletes. Sorry. Um, I I never thought I'd struggle with it, but I mean, like for some reason, when I wasn't fighting or or in camp. Sorry. I just uh, do my head in, you know. I mean, uh, I needed a fight, and then uh, this opportunity come up, and you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, I wasn't uh, training as much as I should have, but I thought I had to, you know, I had to, I had to do it. I had to take take it. I thought it'd be, um, you know, I'm telling myself it's meant to be. Obviously, uh, I was struggling a little bit, not fighting, doing my head in. I don't know how. Everything's fine. I've got a beautiful family, um, but I don't know. You know, you, I think you just need to keep busy. So that's why, uh, I, you know, I just ask. Uh, the UFC to you know just keep me busy because uh, you know I need to I need to be keeping busy I need to be in camp otherwise I'm gonna do my head in so uh, you know that that's yeah. This is a this is a very real thing and the one thing I love about sports is sometimes the openness 
and vulnerability it brings out of these men we admire so much for their strength. Alexander Volkanovsky is at the top of his game. He's one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world right now. One of the best that has ever done it in totality. And even in the midst of his championship reign, he has a problem or he struggles without having a fight set, without having that schedule to live by, without having that thing to strive for, he's letting you know it's difficult for him. And how much that even played into him taking a fight that I think listening to him now, he even knows he shouldn't take on short notice. And so many fighters and so many players face this when they retire, when they're asked to give the game up, or when the game shows they no longer love them, or when their bodies doesn't allow them to do the things they once did. And so to hear Alexander Volkanovsky talk about doing his head in and living in his head and, and dealing with the different things that go on when you're inactive, it's such a real thing to me because in my career, I faced this in the off season. That's why I trained so hard. I always wanted to have something to wake up and focus on. I wanted to always have something to wake up and win or lose and just know the score. And that's the hardest thing when you move out from football, right? It was the hardest thing for me in getting into this job. It was like putting all this preparation in, putting all this work in, but there was no scoreboard. There was no scorecard. It's just somebody else telling you what your worth is. Right. It's somebody else saying you did a great job or somebody else saying I didn't love it or somebody else saying, yeah, you've earned this opportunity or you haven't earned that one. Like fighting gives you those scorecards. Playing football gives you that scoreboard. It gives you that destination. And yeah, the journey is fine, bro. But without a goal and without a destination and without a reason to strive for something every day, it does get hard. And all you can do is criticize yourself, think about yourself, forget what's good, and think about what you don't have. And so for Alexander Volkanovsky, man, I hope they do keep him busy. But more than that, I hope he finds what he needs in order to be whole and content away from the octagon because I understand that feeling so much as because it's the same sort of feeling I would have without a football. And I'll say this before I give it to you, DC. I tell people all the time, it's only two things in my life I've ever been in love with before they could do anything for me and the first time I ever touched it. And that's my kids and a football. And I think for fighters, it's very similar to that mm -hmm. as well. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. 
Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, man, that's that's actually uh, a great point, RC. You don't realize like how much you you need these things. But Alexander Volkanovsky, that was very hard for me to watch. Like it's sad. It's so sad. Even inside the octagon when I was interviewing him, I could feel his like he was let down. And man, we love Volk, right? We have him on the show a yeah. lot. He's always great. He lifts up the spirit. He's got a great attitude. He's just like, he's just an amazing guy. So to watch him go out like that, even though a guy that I, I call a dear friend, it does suck. But I think what you're dealing with is the fear, right? There's that fear. And we're talking about a guy that's still the featherweight champion of the world. He he's not right. going home to nothing. I, I remember when I fought John Jones the first time, RC, and I lost at UFC 182, and I was at the post-fight press conference. I got the guys pulling the video, and I'm crying, RC. And I was crying because I lost, but I was crying because I was afraid of what life looks like now. Because now mm. I don't have that ultimate thing to chase down, right? Before I was chasing John Jones, the unbeatable guy. I was chasing down the light heavyweight championship. And now I'm like, well, what's 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 next? What now, when I leave this place, what do I have to chase? And I think that's kind of what's happening to Volk, right? Volk has always had this idea that he could be a two-division champion. And great champions, not just good champions, not just people that hold the belt. People that hold that belt and have bigger mindsets than what is normal, start thinking about how do I make this bigger? Conor McGregor changed the way the world is looked at. I don't care what you think about him. He made it possible to think about being a champion in two divisions. So the biggest minds, the greatest athletes start to 
Think about it and talk about it so you have something to chase, even if you are the champ. Islam talking about now, maybe fighting 170. It's just the idea that there's something more out there. And that's what Volk is struggling with, that fear of the unknown. Sure, he can go down and he'll defend his championship against Ilya, and we'll see how that fight plays out. But what's next always needs to be something so grand that normal people can't even comprehend it. So when I watch that man talk about he was doing his head in, I don't know exactly what that means, but I think he's just constantly in his mind like, man, what now? What now? What now? Dead time is not good for, for, for high thinkers. We need to be yeah. doing something more. And um, it's sad. You can see Alexander Volkanovsky trying to process his way through that. And I hope that it all works out for the champ. But yeah, man, that fear of the unknown is the worst. And like you said, even getting into this, R.C., as much as we love each other, we have to have a competition to come on this show and be better. You have to yep. show that you know enough to sit upside me and belong. Yep. Just like you made that, that, yep. that comment earlier. And I was like, good, RC. You're paying attention because I have to show when I go on all the shows on ESPN, I belong there. Or if I go on the show on, on any other thing I do, I belong there. And we create this competition because it's what we've done our entire life. There's never been a day yeah. where somebody didn't say, Ryan Clark, you got to be the best football player out here. Or Daniel, yeah. wrestle better. Do better. And because of that, we become great. And Volk is dealing yeah. with that himself right now. And I wish the champ all the best. Me too, man. You know, uh, the saying goes, and, and you from the South, man, uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. You know, and it doesn't necessarily just mean for evil thoughts. It just means for the, the thoughts that become so intrusive, we forget the blessings we have or how lucky we are. And, you know, I've dealt with those things. And just a small part even about me is like I struggled with TV for a little while and, and was thinking about quitting because I was like, man, I feel like I'm working hard. I feel like I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but I'm not getting what I believe I deserve or people don't see it the way that I see it. And I was like, I just wish I had a scoreboard. And so what it had to become for me was like, it's just about the process. Mm -hmm. It's just about the work. It's that if I am on TV, like the same way I love everybody I worked with, I work with, or I loved everybody in my DB room. Yeah, like there were days, like every day, my goal was to be better than Troy. Whether it was possible or not, I didn't know, right? But I had to fight to do that. Like that was what got me up in the morning. And when he had a pick, hell yeah, we both had a pick. That's the way it felt. Like that's my best friend in the world, but still it was nah, like I gotta go out and compete. And that's what I had to turn this into, right? Yeah, I'm on with Dan, I'm on with Marcus, I'm on with Daniel, I'm on with Mina, I don't care. Like I gotta kill him. And do we do it as a team? For sure, but I wanna be prepared to be great. And so, you know, we, we truly, you know, got to see that uh, with Volkanovski mm -hmm. though, the, the insecurities, the, the difficulties that athletes do go mm -hmm. through even at the height of, of their success. And I think now, you know, you push forward yeah. and you look at the co-main event uh, between Kamaru Usman and Hamzat Chimaev. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kamaru, after the fight, speaking with our own Megan O'Levy and saying, like, you almost forget what it's like, right? You, you forget that... You can lose when you're when you're what 20 and one or whatever it is, and you've had this long reign at welterweight, and then you say you know you lose by the slimmest of margins in Salt Lake City with the head kick late in round five, and then you lose the decision in London. You take a fight 
on short notice against someone you could have been fighting at welterweight if you were still the champion and you don't win. And so now when you look at this fight this weekend from Hamzat Chemaev and Kamaru Uzman, what did you learn watching that octagon side? Last real quick point. When you talk about your teammates competing, all ships rise. All ships rise when we all have those competitions with each other. That's why you guys do such great TV together. And that's why we are able to build the chemistry that we build because of that. But yeah. when we talk about the co-main event, I spoke to Kamaru Usman, right, on Wednesday. And he talked. I asked him this question, RC. And you know Kamaru. He's a guy that we like to have on the show there are times where mm -hmm. we will have him come and take my seat, and, and he's very smart. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, Kamaru, I said, is this one of those times where you're either going to win or does the world look at you like you need to start to figure out what's next? And he said, mm. when in the bleep did we get here? When did we get here? He goes, I was putting it on Leon. He goes, and then the, la the second fight was what it was. It was close, but it was very close. When did we get to a point where I'm up against it? Like, I'm done. He fought Saturday night like he believed that. He fought Saturday night like one of the greatest welterweight champions of all time. He didn't get it done. But he showed that he belonged. And RC, the moment Kamaru Usman walked out of that octagon, I was next to the octagon to give him a hug. Because you, you have these relationships with people. And sometimes yep. they're bigger than just broadcaster. I've known mm -hmm. Kamaru since he was a young man. So I gave him a hug and he said, I should have took five rounds. This fight last mm. Saturday, was it more about Kamaru Usman just being tough? Or was it more about Hamza Chemaev really fighting a guy that has been to the top of the sport? Because for me... I felt like regardless of what people think, he passed the test. He beat one of the greatest yes. welterweights of all time. I don't care what it looked like. He beat one of the greatest of all yeah, time. No. no, I thought this was I thought this was Hamzat Chemaev winning a fight. I thought it was Hamzat Chemaev taking down a man who seemed like it was impossible to take him down throughout his reign as the welterweight champion. And this is what happens when two good fighters get inside the octagon together. Now, I know what's going to happen, right? People are going to say he has to fight a true 185-pounder. Can he dominate the way he dominated Kamaru Usman in the first round from a grappling perspective against a bigger man? And I think all of those things are fair. But why wait? Why put somebody else in front of him to be up next for Sean Strickland? Give him that fight. And I think you give him that fight because he's earned it. When you look at the, the war... With Gilbert Burns, he was able to beat Kamaru Usman, and I agree with Kamaru. If it goes five rounds, maybe we see a different result. Hamzat said his hand was broken, and it hindered his wrestling. But I don't necessarily believe that because we saw the takedowns late in the second and also in the third round. I think this was a, a difficult fight against a man that has logged a, an extreme amount of championship rounds at a very high Level. This is a future UFC Hall of Famer in Kamaru Usman, who Hamzat Chemaev just beat, who I felt like was already on a fast track to be one of the guys to get an opportunity at the belt. And I believe he earned it. I also believe Kamaru Usman showed, showed us that he is still a very, 
viable fighter, a very logical championship contender in either of these weight classes. You know what's the best thing about Saturday night? It felt like both of them lost nothing because it felt yep. like even in defeat, Kamaru Usman still presented himself as a middleweight champion, a middleweight challenger or a guy yep. that can go back to 170. There are a lot of options for him at 172. Kobe Covington wins. That dude can go, hey, man, I'm 2-0 against this dude. Let me get my shot. But yep. I want to focus on Hamzat Chemaev. I loved I loved his message after the fight. He was humble. Beautiful. He took notice of the world. Obviously, you know, their religion and everything going on around the world. I will not get into that. But I'm saying he took note of humanity and spoke for yep. everybody, not just one side of the equation. He fought the way that he needed to fight to get it done against Ryan. What I believe is the toughest matchup for him. I believe that some of the other guys in that division are better style fights for him than Kamaru Usman was. One of those guys who Hamzat feels he has a distinct advantage over is the champion Sean Strickland. Obviously, we're talking about Sean Strickland as the guy that's going to fight him next. Sean goes, he's not earned it. He doesn't expletive deserve it. Getting a decision with a welterweight off the couch is not expletive earning it. Hamza Chemayev then says to Sean Strickland, you know how easily I can finish you. That's what he told him. Those guys have trained together. There are stories, RC, about what happened in those training sessions. I believe Hamzat's next. I believe Hamzat should be next. But you said three times he's earned it. The champ says that he hasn't earned it. Is the champion saying he hasn't earned it under the impression of not really wanting to fight him or feeling that there's just someone else at 185 that he thinks should be next? Because he did beat a guy off the couch. He did beat a welterweight. But he just beat one of the greatest welterweights of all time. I don't know if there's a win in the middleweight division outside of Robert Whitaker or Israel Adesanya that carries the value of the win that he got Saturday night against Kamaru Usman. Hey, man. First off, Sean Strickland ain't deserved no title shot. <laughs> like, let's be real. Right? Like, let, like let's be real. <laughs> Sean Strickland didn't deserve that title shot. Sean Strickland got that title shot because we wanted Izzy to fight on that card because it was back at home. Correct? He was supposed to fight Drakus Duplessis. Drakus couldn't fight, so they put Sean in the fight. Sean ain't deserved that fight, but he got it. So I don't want to hear none of that from Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, you ain't been the champion long enough. Sean Strickland, you ain't done enough to say who <laughs> should and should not be your next challenger. So that's the first thing. Secondly, Hamzat Chemaev has earned this opportunity. What I'm also not going to say is that Sean Strickland's scared. I've seen the dude fight. I've been around no. him. I've watched him step inside the octagon with whoever they put him in there with. He ain't scared to fight because I feel like you have to have a certain level of logical thinking in order to be scared. And this dude don't think logically. So he ain't scared, but I do believe it's a tough fight for him. I don't necessarily think that there's just somebody at 185 who deserves this shot unless maybe you think that Drake is beating 
Robert Whitaker puts him in that position. That could be the only conversation I think you have. But let's be real. The same way you spoke about what it means to have Conor McGregor in a championship fight against Islam Mahachev, it's not Hamzat Chemaev doesn't bring that, but I believe he will bring more eyeballs to this fight. There will be more interest in how Sean Strickland handles him than it would be a Dracus Duplessis, and that's why I think this is the fight to make. Yeah, I, I believe so, and I do agree with your point. Sean Strickland is afraid of anybody. And if I'm Sean Strickland and I watched that fight and I watched the way Kamaru became more successful as the fight went longer, then I'm actually pretty excited because the one thing you know is Sean Strickland is not going to get tired. He's not going to not fight. He's going to be in your face on the gas the entire time. And he did just beat one of the greatest middleweights of all time. So there is no reason for Sean Strickland to be afraid. But there is, there is stories of what happened in the training room. But those stories don't necessarily relate because do you remember Cody Garbrandt and T.J. Dillashaw, the whole thing was yep. how Cody Garbrandt just knocked out T.J. Dillashaw. And that is essentially what the fight was built on. Two fights in the octagon, T.J. Dillashaw knocks him out in the same exact way yeah. in fight one yeah. and in fight two. And so two. it doesn't really matter what happens in the training room. It's what happens when you step inside the octagon. I know that Sean Strickland is an absolute killer. And he showed in that last fight, RC, that he is as good as they come at middleweight. And for Hamza Chemaev to beat him is going to be very, very difficult. Yes, but we do have a agreed. guy now that is a legit middleweight contender with a great style for that weight class that can present a lot of problems for a lot of guys in that weight class. Now, I absolutely agree. And when you think about what the entire fight card was, the co-main event, the main event. It was an excellent fight card for Abu Dhabi. I mean, it just was a great week as a whole. And apparently, DC, you had yourself a hell of a week too. Well, you were 170 out, you didn't feel strong. Let me see. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, he's strong. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, this guy's a new one now. you up. Oh, you big, big <laughs> Hey, wait, remember last time I killed hey, you? Look, 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 see, look, look my underhook. Look, 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 I got the underhook. You see this? I killed this guy last time. Stop, 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 stop. He's so crazy. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Hey, I'm not down there with you. Stop. 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 Wanna wanna wrestle you. me? Don't, don't. I low key wanna hit don't, you right now. You on me? Okay, maybe not hit you. <laughs> you wanna wrestle me? Yeah, yeah. You know I've been beating your ass since you. I've been whipping your ass since 2008. You can't get in the stance for a minute right now. <laughs> I'll pull your. Yeah. Hey, yeah, look, 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 look. I got That old back don't work no more. <laughs> that old back don't work no more. <laughs> this is not wrestling. This is fighting. This guy, this is not wrestling. This is a good one. Mike, you start barking at her. You got yeah. that dog in you, Mike. <laughs> Bro, the dog in him, RC. He got that dog in him. 
DC, bro, why y'all be letting why y'all be letting Hezbollah hit y'all and stuff? Like I'm not, I'm gonna be honest. No, y'all can't let me around him. Hey, bro, listen. I thought me and Hezbollah were gonna wrestle, and then he stole on me. He he hit hard yet. ARC, he got some power in his hands. Hasbulla got some power in his hands. Hey, bro, he be driving Cassandra up a wall, dog. He just be pointing DC. at her laughing. She can't stand that dude. That's so funny, DC. bro. Hasbulla is a grown man. I do not care that he is tiny. I will put hands on Hasbulla. I'm letting you know right now. RC, can I tell you something? RC, can I tell yes. you something? RC. When he, when he, when he, like, we wrestled a little bit, then when we take a picture, you pick him up and you kind of hold him. Everybody's like, like yo, a he's a grown man. Like, yeah. y'all stop picking him up <laughs> yeah. and holding him I like a child, that. man. He's the I best, bro. <laughs> he's the best. No, he's the best, bro. He's the best. But RC, hey, how about them dudes just be picking me up? I'm like, yo, stop picking me up, man. Stop picking me up. It's because, it's because you're fluffy. You're fluffy, and they want to play with you like a big teddy bear. That's all. <laughs> You're the teddy bear of oh, the UFC. So stupid, Jake, man. let's tap in and tap out, man. All right, guys. At UFC 294, there seemed to be something wrong with the round horn. Shot a bullet. Emptying out all the tricks in the debut. Round three on the other side. <laughs> round three, it is yours next. Stop. Fighting from the outside. Oh, we got some horn issues tonight. <laughs> DC, tap in or tap out. That horn was the worst part of UFC 294. I actually tap out. It was horrible. The oh wrong horn gosh. was horrible. I don't know what was going on, bro. I've never. That mug was going. But, like, it was horrible, but I tap out. The worst part of UFC 294 was that official, that doctor, bro. That doctor, too, was tripping the out there, dude. The worst. <laughs> Bro, I, we're, we're on a group chat after he stops the fight with Johnny Walker. And I was like, hell, if y'all asked me where I was in Abu Dhabi, I wouldn't know. Like, how did this man, oh like, God. that guy was, was the, and then he tells people, you ain't get hit that hard. It wasn't illegal. How the hell you know? These ain't your balls. Like, F that, man. Yeah, I agree. I tap out. <laughs> I agree with DC. It's the doctor. <laughs> All right, guys, this coming weekend, Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou finally take the ring in their highly anticipated boxing bout. RC, tap in or tap out, Fury wins decisively Saturday. I tap in. I tap in. I think whenever you're talking about these great fighters in combat sports and you're asking one to go into the realm of the other, that normally that one will be dominant, and I think Tyson Fury fighting Francis Ngannou in an actual boxing ring with boxing rules and regulations, he dominates this fight. Unfortunately, I have to tap in, Corporate Jake, because it would be like what I said earlier. Can we really convince ourselves that he's going to beat Tyson Fury when we tried to convince ourselves that Conor McGregor was going to beat Floyd Mayweather? It, it isn't ideal. It isn't true. And, and honestly, I think... I think that Tyson Fury scheduling his next bout tells you what he thinks about the fight this weekend about with Francis Ngannou. But I will say this. If they fought in mixed martial arts, Francis Ngannou would win. So let me just give you my little, my little freaking, give my boy Francis a little love because it's just a little bit hard for him to go into that realm and try to win a fight.
Cobra Jake. Yeah. All right, guys, you've heard of the Madden cover curse. How about the UFC cover curse? In the five years of the UFC video game, right. fighters on the covers have gone two, seven, and one. DC, tap in or tap out on the UFC cover curse. Let me tell you something, man. It became a big thing on Madden, but why would it not be a big thing on, on, on UFC? It is the truth. Like, there is a curse. It is the greatest honor you can get. But, bro, look at George Masvidal and Izzy now. That's crazy. Look at what happened to Ronda. And, I mean, Gustafson somehow was on the game because he fought John in a close fight. John Jones actually elevated Alexander Gustafson to the point that he was on the cover of a video game. But, I mean, now you got Valentina and Volk uh, lost. But still, Volk and I, is it really a curse, RC, if you lose a bid to become a double champion but you still have your belt? No. Is it really a curse? No. No, I think it's a loss. Like, there is no curse, but I also think you have to remember this. In order to get on the cover of that game, it means you've elevated to where you're only fighting the best of the best. You're only fighting the top of the top. And eventually, eventually, that catches up with you. There are only so many Islam Mahachev, so many Habib Morgan and John Joneses. So, you know what? I tap out that it's a curse. It just is what it is. RC, I'm a playable character in the game, and I'm on the commentary. UFC 5 comes out this week for the rest of you. But I've had UFC 5 RC before I went to Abu Dhabi, so I want all the smoke. Your boy cheating, RC. I've been having the game for like 10 days now, and the game just coming out this week. But UFC 5 comes out this week. Get your edition. Find me online and come get your butt whipped by the champ. DC. Corporate Jake. You know what's a crazy idea? The fact that you'd be cheating in something. Yeah, never heard of that. Go ahead, Corbin Jake. <laughs> All right, guys, last one. The UFC posted a video of some superstars riding a roller coaster at Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi. This roller coaster shoots you to 150 miles per hour in 4.9 seconds. RC, tap in or tap out riding the world's fastest roller coaster. I tap out on that. What the hell I got to prove in life? I didn't play football. I won a Super Bowl. You heard, the, you heard the beginning of the show. I ain't got nothing to prove. I ain't worried about none yeah. of these folks. I am not <laughs> riding a roller coaster that go that dang fast. That makes zero sense to me. DC can get on it. I ain't getting on it. I, I'm, so scared. I'm so scared of roller coasters, but I'm so scared of roller coasters. Justin Gaethje was loving it, Ryan. He was like, oh, it was the greatest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. He loved how fast it went. But RC, before we go, thank goodness... You finally did it. You finally did it because everybody was like, DC, you said if you could go one show without RC saying I won a Super Bowl. Well, there it is. Ryan Clark once again goes, I won a Super Bowl. I ain't got nothing to prove. So, RC, how that Super Bowl felt for you? I mean, thank you, RC. You finally did it. I want to ask you one question, RC. Do you feel like you're walking on there more when you won that Super Bowl you talk about all the time or the Emmy that is now so right in every shot that I got to see when I see you on ESPN? My goodness, RC. Be humble a little bit. Bro, first off, I didn't want to put the trophy there. I wanted the trophy to stay in the box the same way the ring stays in the box. That ain't my fault. Yonk did that, right? And anyway, I am Ryan Clark, Super Bowl champion, Emmy winner. That is Daniel Cormier, two division champs. 
with oh, two oh my God, belts he did it again. around the belly. He did it again. Hey, and these aren't these aren't Hermes belts or Ferragamo belts. These ain't thin belts. These big belts that fit around his belly. Catch us every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast, and at midnight on ESPN two, two division champ, two around the belly, Daniel Cormier. There he is, people. There he is. Ha <laughs> <laughs>